0: Welcome to Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service's first podcast series, Out of the Ashes, Stories from Lancashire. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing wildfires with our very own station manager, Rob Harvey. Wildfires are a serious problem in Lancashire and as a fire service, we have seen an increase in fires on the moorlands and in our countryside in recent years. Wildfires are easily started and can spread rapidly, putting people, property and infrastructure at risk. In 2022, we attended 120 wildfire incidents. With your help, we can look at reducing that number and the seriousness of wildfires in Lancashire. Today, I'm speaking to Rob Harvey, which is one of our wildfire experts at Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service. So, hi Rob, how are you?
1: Morning, good thank you.
0: Um, So you're our wildfire expert at Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service, would you agree with that?
1: Uh, I was part of the wildfire team expert, I'm not so sure, but uh, yeah, no, I was part of the wildfire response, yeah.
0: So looking at wildfires a little bit more in detail, they're normally started accidentally and can be prevented. What can the public do to look after Lancashire?
1: Yeah, I think it's about raising public awareness. Um, So when members of the public are visiting these sites, the upland moorland areas, being aware of the conditions at the time, um, you know, obviously they tend to go out when it's beautiful conditions, the sun shining, um, it's dry on the ground. What they're doing can then obviously have that impact. So if they're going out there having these barbecues and campfires, which we know cause the fires, is it appropriate at that time? You know, um, is it the right location, etc.?
0: So you mentioned conditions. Which conditions make the wildfires significantly higher?
1: Yeah, so we look at um, the weather forecasting. So we're looking at things like... Um, wind speed, wind direction, humidity, temperature, all those things, all these variables have an impact in terms of wildfire, but it can be a number of days leading up to it. So if we've had a dry spell, for example, and then suddenly the wind picks up, the dry conditions are already there in the fuel, we're just waiting for the perfect conditions on the day that then lead into these wildfire conditions and, and increase that severity for us.
0: So what should the public do if they see or suspect a wildfire whilst they're out and about?
1: Yeah, the main thing is, obviously, stay safe. Uh, you know, if somebody sees a fire, they, they don't want to put themselves at risk. Um, get yourselves to a position where, you know, you can get yourself away from the fire, sort of upwind, downslope of the fire. But if you can get a location for it, that's great for us as a fire service. Obviously, the quite open areas, um, you know, quite... Um, exposed moorland areas where we can't get a feature where we can get a a specific location. So if somebody knows the the spot where the fire is, if they can use what three words or or in a survey grid reference, it's really important to us to get that information, the size of the fire. If they say it's the size of a football pitch, for example, we know it's around a hectare in size or the flames are the size of a person we know that it's sort of one and a half metre and that helps us sort of plan before we even get there to the sort of size of the fire that we're going to be dealing with.
0: So the best thing to do is to describe as... Actually, as they can where they are, and give as many details about the fire to the fire control when they ring.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can share that information with the control, uh Northwest Fire Control, the call handler. But the main thing is they've got to stay safe. You know, not put themselves at risk. Don't try and attempt to put the fire out. Um, get yourself in a position, and then obviously come and meet the fire service. So we not, might not necessarily know where they are in terms yeah. of the individual, but if they walk down to the nearest road where we can then meet that individual, and they can give us more information than when we arrive.
0: Right. Okay. That that makes sense. Yeah. So when they see the wildfire and they they come away, um, do they just need to get themselves to safety and leave everything that they see if they are in that circumstance for wildfire?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't encourage people. Certainly, the summer fires. You know, we're seeing um, greater severity, intensity. You know, with the, the climate change that we've seen over recent times. So. It's, it's not worth putting themselves at risk. They're not going to put the fire out. They're not going to achieve anything, only put themselves in more danger. So primarily, they've got to get themselves back down to a position of safety, which ideally for us is at the gateway that we can access the moorland and then give us information where the fire is.
0: So you mentioned climate change. Has that increased the amount of wildfires that we're seeing across Lancashire and in the intensity?
1: Um In terms of number of fires, no, we've not seen a massive increase in the number of fires. What we are seeing is greater intensity, you're right there. Um, So when we do have the fires, we're there for longer. Um, They cause us more problems that we're needing to use water for applications, not just on the surface, they're actually subsurface fires. Right. So there's a greater threat to us in terms of a response and requirements in terms of logistics. So we've got to apply a lot of water on there. So we work with our partners at United Utilities. We've bought our own water bowser in Lancashire Fire and Rescue. Uh, we've introduced the Haglund vehicles, which have got one well, 1,800 litres of water on each vehicle. Wow. So we've got a massive amount of water that we need quickly. Um, and climate change has obviously sort of been part of that in terms of these fires are more severe.
0: Turn up the volume, prepare for this song to be played on repeat in your head all week. We want to emphasise the importance of staying focused whilst cooking to avoid any potential disasters. So cook with care or you may end up having us join you for dinner. Hashtag stay there and cook it. Keep a
1: close eye on me don't know what I might do Cause I can be your treat So tasty Or I could be real bad Don't let your mind go wandering off, make sure you listen to what I say, don't put your attention on other things, bring your focus back my way.
0: So we've touched upon wildfires we've touched about what maybe can cause them i know that you mentioned disposable barbecues and um, what are the risks with disposable barbecues
1: yeah i think it's people not understanding um, how they cause the fire people see it as so sort of, i've got this small sort of 30 centimeter by 30 centimeter tin with a bit of charcoal in it and if it sets on fire i'll what i'll do is i'll stamp it out or i'll put the fire because it's going to be small What tends to happen with barbecues is that it'll scorch an area where the metal tin's been in contact with the ground, but then it started off a smouldering fire underneath the ground and people don't realise that. So they'll often leave a sort of a patch of a scorched area of a little square that they've scorched, thinking, oh, it's fine, there's no fire. But when conditions change, like I said before, the, the wind picks up or the temperature or the humidity, things change in a wildfire environment. So in an afternoon... It might be that the sun comes around where it was previously in shade. It could be that humidity level drops or the temperature increases. That might be enough for that, what, what is a smouldering fire to turn into a flame and it sets fire to the grass around it. And that's ultimately what usually starts the wildfire is the people who've had the barbecue might have gone and left the scene. Yeah. But they've created this smouldering little peat fire that they don't realise is actually smouldering underneath.
0: And can wildfires spread really quickly? Because I, I know a lot of people think that if they see one or it starts, they'll just put it out. But I, like you say, people don't understand that they can just spread.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. So as soon as we start to have that flame in, the flames above the ground, it's obviously involving the vegetation then, the grass, the trees, the shrubbery, etc. and the wind, and then it moves really quickly but when there's the smouldering fire might just be small, but they won't be able to put it out unless they've got a vast amount of water. So they won't be able to put that fire out anyway. So having that barbecue actually starts the process but they're not going to be able to extinguish it regardless of what they do. And that's why we've had to invest in the Hagelin vehicles yeah. and bowsers, because the fires in the ground need a lot of water to extinguish. So it's not
0: just the fire on the top, it, it goes underneath and yeah. then that's why it spreads so quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah it smoulders. So like I said, what, what will happen is you have a small smouldering patch and then the conditions change in the atmosphere, so the weather changes um, and then it starts to create that fire. And then once it's on, it shows on the surface then it's away, you know, so if we get quite a strong wind, for example, it pushes that fire right across the surface quite quickly. Yeah, and that's how we end up with our larger wildfires then
0: right so to look after Lancashire we want people to stop using disposable barbecues on moorlands grassland beaches parks just anywhere that's open grassland really don't we yeah
1: absolutely yeah and, and that's the risk you know if people are using it inappropriately at then times when we know it's been dry yeah um they're creating these sort of small fires not realize these small smoldering fire that's the risk you know I, I mean who not want to enjoy our beautiful countryside. You know, Lancashire's a fantastic area. But what we have to do is say, well, did you have your barbecue at a designated barbecue area? Did you have it back at the car park? Yeah. Where there's a designated area, if there is one. Or back at home, go out and enjoy the moorland, go for your walk, enjoy the views. But don't set the barbecues with you. You know, don't have, take a picnic. Is yeah, what we pack have a picnic. Promote. Absolutely. So remove that sort of heat source away from the moorland area is really key certainly in the the last few weeks we've had in june when it was particularly dry that's a significant risk then Yeah. yeah so we want people
0: to enjoy lancashire but safely so pack your favorite picnic items and leave the barbecues at home yeah um before you mentioned winter hill now it's five years since the winter hill incident do you want to maybe give the listeners a bit of an insight to the incident if they're not aware of it
1: Yeah, so, like I say, it's five years ago, um, a massive impact on Lancashire Fire and Rescue, 41 days that were fighting the wildfire, uh, significant amount of resources in terms of we brought in national deployments in. So we had people from London Fire Brigade, Hertfordshire, uh, Leicestershire, all over the country because we didn't have the resources to maintain a fire and rescue service for 41 days. Because what we've got to remember is that it's not just about the wildfire. We've also got to maintain cover for people's domestic fires and things yeah. like that. We've got a service to provide as well. Um, Winter Hill was significant in terms of there were two fires that merged uh created one large area um and the conditions were exactly the same as what we've just had recently in june right so again people need to be aware that you know inappropriate use of barbecues deliberate fire setting can lead to these significant incidents that can be sort of 41 days if the weather's conditions are right
0: yeah, you did mention it. 41 days is a very long time to fight a fire. Just to give the listeners a little bit of a background, um, it was on the 28th of June in 2018, um, Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service and Greater Manchester were fighting two separate fires near Winter Hill, which is located near Bolton. Um, and this led to a major incident being declared. And like Rob said, it lasted six weeks. Um, like you said, was it a prolonged heat wave and intense conditions
1: yeah not so much a heat wave the temperatures were sort of like mid-20s you know it warm but we had no rain and it was what led up to it so we again the ground was dry all the peat the conditions under the surface were, were conducive to having a significant wildfire and it was smoldering fires for for weeks and basically until it rained and what we had to do is we we dug a perimeter with um, united utilities and excavators and people using hand tools we dug a perimeter all the way around winter Hill, which was around 17 kilometers mm-hmm. um, to contain the fire and then ultimately you had to wait till it rained but our job mm-hmm. was to make sure that perimeter it couldn't spread any further um, and then obviously then there's the damage that we've done then they've got to reinstate that damage make the condition safe these are you know it's it's protected areas, it's site of specific scientific interest. So um, these sites obviously need restoration and maintaining afterwards. So there's a lot of work that goes into putting it back how it used to be.
0: Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> that is very intense, yeah. yeah. Um, so you mentioned the new Haglunds. Mm. What what vehicles are they? Tell the public a little bit more about our new investment.
1: Yeah, so we, um, following Winter Hill in 2018, we, we basically uh, loaned two Haglund vehicles um and these are like a, they're like an arctic vehicle you'll right. see them in the arctic they're like um, a tracked vehicle it'll carry six people or a military type vehicle oh, okay so what we've done in Lancashire as part of the climate change operational response plan we've identified the growing risk um looked at vehicles that will not just do wildfire but also for flooding capability and these haglands do both oh. um so they're a great vehicles, so we've bought the two Haglunds and the low loaders that they transport on, and there's also a back to the Haglund vehicles which we can have a fogging system on, which allows us to apply water, but also we can change that for a personnel carrier. So when we get flooding events, we can change yeah. it for that as well. So it's not just what well, it's a climate vehicle rather than just specific to wildfire but it means that we get into our fires a lot quicker we've got water we've got uh, our blowers we've got our burn team everything's there being deployed straight away as quickly as we can and that's the difference i think we've got in lancashire that we're we're very um quick to respond and put the right resources into immediate effect and that's why i don't think we're having uh, larger wildfires but we're still having the severity
0: Right, yeah. So they sound like a really good investment. Have they been deployed this year?
1: Yeah, so we deployed them a couple of weeks ago when we had the warm spell in sort of early June uh, in Accrington, really effective. Um, got, got up there onto a coppice area, so we had fires in trees and a sort of grassland area and we contained a fire very quickly and effectively. Um, we've not had any of the open moorland fires, but they're just as effective in that in terms of we can get there quickly Um, and it's another tool in our box you know we can get firefighters up onto the moorland and we can deploy them rather than having them walk sort of a mile a mile and a half which takes time these vehicles will do that and get everybody there that we need to as quickly as possible
0: so as we've discussed we're we're, as a fire and rescue service we're more equipped we've got the haglands we've done a lot of training and we've mentioned a specific burn team do you want to tell us a little bit more about
1: that Yeah, so we created, um, one of our units have created that extra skill, the burn skill. Um, So what we identified is that we're having these fires that are more severe, rapidly moving, more intense. The tools we would use in the past, like beaters and and these aquapack, like a backpack with water in, um, they weren't as effective. So we needed to find a new way of fighting the fires. So we looked at this burn skill, which is a continental way of firefighting. They use it in Spain and Portugal and America, Canada etc and basically by using fire what we can do is remove the vegetation where a fire is heading so in two following 2018 we introduced um, the burn skill to a team of backup so one of our wildfire units Um, and what we've done is we've discussed it with our partners in on the continent so Pau Costa Foundation we went and did some training with uh, Juan and um, Carlos Trindade, out in Portugal, and we did a lot of training around upskilling ourselves um, because the continental conditions when we're doing the burn training is more con- more aligned to what we have in our summer fires. Right. So when we're when we're having the fires, the conditions are severe. So what we needed to be sure of is that all our burns trained staff have had exposure and are aware of the risks around the fire. So. Having the training with Pau Costa, going to see Carlos in Portugal, it just allowed us to make sure that everybody was confident um, to apply the fire when we needed to because, like I said, these conditions are in wildfire conditions, so there's a danger to that. So we need to make sure our staff are fully confident, capable and equipped to to do this. Um, It's proven uh, a fantastic resource. You know, the amount of fires now we can contain... Quite quickly with using conventional means but also using the burn skill means we can contain a fire a lot more rapidly preventing further damage and the larger scale instance and that's what I was saying earlier on that we don't have the large fires now because we've got a better response but the fire intensity and the severity is still there and that's a risk that we have. Um, And that's just part of the climate change. But we are better equipped with what we've got in terms of a response. Sounds
0: like a fantastic skill, being able to stop the spread. Mm. So it just contains the fire into a smaller area. Um, You've recently been to Poland um, for training. Was that with other fire and rescue services across the UK? Uh,
1: It was an international training camp. So there was over... 100 candidates from probably 40 countries. So it was worldwide. It was a worldwide training camp. It was on the back of some training we did uh, with Pau Costa last year. Our Polish colleagues were putting on an international... uh, It was themed at forestry training camp. And we're seeing more fires in and around forestry. Uh, Now, that's something new in the UK context, in terms of um, large forestry areas set on fire. We usually have open moorland, certainly in the northwest where we are in Lancashire. Yeah. We get lots of moorland fires, but we, forestry is quite a new uh, experience for us in terms of the risk. Um, so the, the attending that training allows us to upskill a couple of staff around forestry, specific forestry firefighting, how we can approach it, what we can do, and then they will then train our wildfire teams to respond to them far more effectively. But it's, ultimately, it's about safety. Right. You know, if we've got fires in yeah. trees and, and trees are starting to fall over because the root systems have been burnt away, we need to know about that and we need to understand the, the dangers and also about what's appropriate in terms of firefighting. Um, yeah. So that's the reason why we've done that recent camp. But really good experience lots of shared learning uh, yeah. lots of experts right across the uh, international experts as well and then we bring that back into the uk and develop it for ourselves
0: it sounds like a fantastic experience like you say wildfires are now becoming quite global aren't they like we've seen them in canada and um, especially in like europe last year and um, it does sound like a good skill to bring back so Lancashire Fire and Rescue Service are more equipped now and more prepared for wildfires than we've ever been. Do you feel very confident in our um, response to these types of incidents?
1: Yeah, definitely. You yeah. Know, I, I think you know I have 25 years of experience of firefighting and certainly wildfire firefighting, and I've been up many hills and tried to beat it flat. Um, so where we currently are, yeah, we're, we're more advanced. We've got the right tools in our toolbox as my mate Craig I'd say from South Wales, um, so we've done that. We've developed it. We've spoke to our colleagues. We've spoke to internationally. We've spoke to the experts and said, "Look, you know what is it we need to prepare ourselves for? But what we need to think about is what it's going to be like in ten, fifteen years' time. Yeah. Um, what's the, going to be the new risk to the firefighters that are coming through? Well, you know, when I've retired." um you know what's the next generation of fires look like are we going to see what they're seeing in spain and portugal now in the uk um signs are yeah we are going to see that increase so what are we doing in terms of fuel management land management are we engaging with them are we making people aware in terms of um the urban interface you know we saw the fires in winning winningham winningborough last year down Down in london yeah. yeah so around that sort of southeast coast um And we're starting to see fires that are going from grassland and crop fires that are impacting on domestic properties... Um, So we need to be more aware in that urban er, environment, that wildfire urban interface. Um, And that means making sure our staff are well trained, making sure that our prevention activities are are current and key. And that we're educating people that are in that interface, either they're they're coming into the area to use it for leisure activities or they live in that environment. And we engage with them and sort of develop them relationships to to get ready for what's going to probably come in the next 10, 15 years time.
0: Another way we've been prepared is our new wildfire um, kit that we've given to all of our staff. Um, how does that help in a wildfire situation?
1: Well, it's lightweight. Um, it's sort of tested, it gives protection from the fire severity and the fire intensity that we face. So it, there's no compromise on firefight safety, but what it is, is lightweight. Um, so rather than structural firefighting kit, which we used to use, we're now getting a specific kit which allows firefighters to be up there for a little bit longer, which we tend to be. Um, It's hotter, it's drier. Um, You know, the conditions are not good for firefighters to be up there doing that work. So by providing the correct PPE, what we are doing is making sure their welfare is catered for. Um, i say I went to the... The Polish wildfire uh, yeah. international camp, and we walked about sixteen miles on the Saturday afternoon, and it was all, and it was about twenty five degrees in a forestry, and it was all in the the flame pro firefighting kit, absolutely fine. And, and if you'd been in
0: the structural one, would you have been? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah absolutely. The too heat, hot. Yeah, yeah, you would have been overeating. So it proved to me. The, the, the firefighting kit gives us exactly what we need in terms of staff welfare it
0: keeps them a lot safer absolutely. and more prepared
1: yeah absolutely yeah and that's that's the key to it it's about firefighter safety and welfare you know and we keep them hydrated we give them the right ppe we've given them all the tools in the toolbox now to that's appropriate for firefighting um, and it puts us in a really strong position for preparing for the future and what we currently face mm. yeah
0: Thank you very much for taking the time today to discuss wildfires with me. What is the one thing you'd hope the listeners take away from this episode today?
1: I think the main thing for me is people understanding the risk. You know, if we've got um, dry conditions, we know we all know it's dry. The sun's out. You know, we know it's been dry. We can look at the BBC weather forecast, for example. Don't take the barbecues up there. Don't take any sort of naked flames, open campfires, any, any sort of fires when it's dry pose a risk. Um, so be aware of that risk, you know, just simply don't do it in the, in the dry months. Um, and it's about awareness of what, what is the current climate in the in the upland areas. And as like you said before, it could be doesn't have to be more than it could be sand dunes. Yeah. You know, people in the sand dunes at Blackpool and Lytham, et cetera. You know, they need to be aware that there's a risk to that Um, don't put themselves at risk go out there and enjoy it like I say Lancashire's a beautiful area I'm born and bred Lancashire you know it's fantastic why would you not want to go out and enjoy the moorland but but what we don't want to do is destroy that moorland and ultimately if that's what they're doing if the public go up there and they have the barbecue they cause the fire it's a negligent act you know and the damage that can be done we've seen at Winter Hill we've seen at Darwin Moor we've seen at Longridge Fell they don't repair you know And, and thousands and thousands of years of sort of natural environment that's been built up we can be destroyed in in a day in a matter of seconds absolutely yeah so it's not worth it's not worth the risk
0: well thank you very much for your discussion and your time Um, I'll just remind the listeners never use a campfire or disposable barbecue in the moors, the park a beach or open grassland if you see or suspect a wildfire please always call 999 and report it, never assume that someone has already if you want to find out more information about wildfires you can head to our website it's lanksfirerescue.org.uk forward slash wildfires the link will be in our episode notes and remember if you liked our episode Please like and subscribe and let's make Lancashire safer together.